Tip Manor. Hello, welcome to the Tip Manor podcast. I still haven't quite got the tip bit right. Is tip two or the? The. It's the, it's isn't the, it? Because yeah, lion, yeah. lion to witch to wardrobe. So it's, yeah, the. So it's welcome to Tip Manor podcast. Yeah? The Manor podcast. We're on episode 28 and I'm <laughs> not there yet. Anyway, um, I'm James. Hello. We've also got Connor. Hello, Connor. Hello. Hello. Good We've evening. It's a strong, strong radio voice there. We've got uh, John. Evening. I liked how you um, said hello and then paused like you were expecting a reply. Yeah. It's all slick start on this one. Really good. Yeah. Really great stuff. Yeah. Really professional. Uh, you know, this really. is the epitome of professionalism. And we've got um, Ben back in town. Ben. Hello. Hello. Ben, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been moving flats. That's what I've been doing. Ooh. Where Where are you? You're still in Leeds? Still in Leeds. A bit more on the outskirts now in Kirkstall, but I've moved in with my missus, so big step in life. Ooh. Controversial. Oh, it's, all, it's all downhill from here. No jingle. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I don't have a... <laughs> Hang on one second. Something's up perfectly. That's all I can get. It's like the Chris Tarrant negative jingle. Um, ben, do you have, have you put Oxford Oxford based things in your flat, your new flat? Anything? Uh, I've put a scarf up on the wall, so just little things to start with. But we're, okay. uh, we're hoping to move house in the next couple of months, so I'm, I'm going to get a few yellow walls in there for sure. <laughs> every just... every wall, a feature wall of yellow. In yeah. every room. It, it will it will gradually get better, mate. Because you know, in my house now, my dad has um, an Oxford United head in our downstairs toilet on the wall. So it gradually gets better. I think over time, your missus allows you more and more. So uh, a head. You, know, you get the a head. Well, you know, the, you know, the logo, the, the head. Oh, right. The, okay. The ox's head. <laughs> I really didn't know what you meant, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, well, I got it yeah the ox's, ox's head. Yeah. The ox's head. Yeah. Over time in my house, I think I might have said this before, but I've gradually just put more and more Oxford based like pictures and stuff in every room. And my missus just thinks it's like, generic picture of a field with a horse in it but it's actually port meadow and then there's another picture of christchurch and i'm just gradually making my house all oxford based and it's yeah the picture of the manor isn't as subtle i don't think but who knows right we've got uh this is going to be a busy pod today we'll obviously chat about the sunland game since we haven't had a pod since we'll talk about the outcry on the back of zaki's comments on the back of the Sunderland game. Uh, we'll reflect on the Wimbledon match last night, which was just fantastic. Uh, we'll summarise what's gone on around League One. We'll preview Ipswich and Accrington, and then we'll wrap up at the end. So no jingle this week for the news, because there's not too much news to talk through. But the main thing that caught everyone's eye, at least caught our eye, is that there was a news article from the Football Insider 247 site. And I think we've had, we've referred to them before for other news stories about transfer moves, which came came off basically. So they're saying that Southampton and Burnley are eyeing up summer moves for um, Rob Dickey, basically. Think that's a thing, John? I could see him at Southampton, definitely. I think he'd, he'd fit in well. It's strange timing to come out with this stuff, but this guy's generally been on the money when he's done it, but sort of post-transfer window, what, why sort of put it out there. But I mean, it's probably inevitable in a way. And I think we've said before, if he goes in the summer, depends what comes in to replace or even, I guess we've got replacements already, but I don't want him to go yet, but I think no. 
I think we'd have taken that though, wouldn't we, Connor, in November if someone said you'll keep hold of Rob Rob Dickey until until the summer. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago, how uh, we would have chosen to keep Rob, Rob Dickey over a few other players during the, the window um, just past. And I'm personally not massively convinced by this. I think it's a bit of a stretch to see him at a Premier League club. Uh, that's if they remain in the, in the Premier League, which I'm, I'm sure both both teams will. Um mm. Uh, I don't know. I think it's oh. a bit of a stretch, to be honest. I think I think he's definitely good. I'd be disappointed if he went to a championship club. I, I, I think, think Rob Dick, Rob Dick is an outstanding player, but I do. I just Premier League really. I'm yeah. Not, I don't know. Ben, as you haven't said anything, what do you reckon? <laughs> well, going back to the the timing coming out now after the January transfer window does make me think there might have been some Ryan Ledson kind of deal where they've already agreed to it. Yeah, but they're yeah. not going to announce it until the summer. So I think this has got legs, this story. Yeah. I was wondering whether you could offer Dickey a new deal. He's only got 18 months left. Like whether you could offer Dickey a new deal with a new wage that is a, a benefit for Dickey for the rest of, you know, taking him to the summer and then put some kind of release clause in there that still means that if for a fair price, Dickey can can leave the club. I don't know if Dickey actually would win out of that, but at least he'd be paid more until the summer. But then, yeah, we, I, you know, I don't know. I'd his like agent that. would probably come in and stop something like that happening, though. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's it's just one of those things. You know, we're 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 bound to lose. I think we're pretty much bound to lose Rob Dickey anyway in the summer, and I imagine Cameron Brannigan is probably another player who might leave. Um, but it's just it's just part and parcel of 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 supporting a, a team like Oxford United. With the summer rebuild the is the, is scary. It works. It's truly scary. Oh, thing. yeah, it is. But yeah, I agree. Especially ben, if we got promoted. Well, yeah, that as well. But anyway, <laughs> transfer well, centres are suspended for a few months. Yeah. There we go. All right. On to Sunderland. Ah, the point we should have made there is that Atkinson looks like a real prospect as well, doesn't he? So perhaps yeah, you've yeah. got a replacement already, already through the door. We'll have to see. Yeah. Anyway, um... Sunderland. So they came into the game um, last 10 games, seven wins, two draws and just the one loss, which was a 2-0 defeat at Pompey from their last 10. They had five clean sheets in there, including kind of wins over Ipswich, Doncaster and Wickham. So they've really picked up form coming into the game. Someone hustling and rustling in the background. Sorry, I think I might have been moving my mic. <laughs> Con, will you calm down? Please? Apologies. <laughs> this is really important stuff. I was getting really excited over Sunderland. <laughs> um, I love a frequent scoreline, 1-1, which is the scoreline we love against Sunderland. Um, they've had that already seven times this season. Um, three changes for us going into the game from Burton. So quite surprising. Ford came in for long at right back. We knew Ford was back. We know he's versatile, but I think that was a bit of a surprise. More replaced uh, Gorin, um, and we thought Moose would kind of move into midfield, but we actually ended up playing more of a three-five-two um, with Moose sitting in. Um, Aji then got his first league start, and Holland dropped to the bench. Um, John, what did you reckon, kind of, about the lineup and, and the shape in general going into that? I was um, quite uh, excited to see a cheeky three-five-two. You don't see it often in in League One, and in some ways, it really fits our players because we've got three defenders who can play the ball out and that's what you need and Ruffles is good a bit further forward as is Ford so I thought 
that this could be quite good. I also thought this is going to mean that there'll be more people complaining about us passing the ball along the back, which is what you what you do in a three five two because you've got an extra man. But yeah. other than that, I was thought this kind of makes sense as an experiment. Brannigan as a holding midfielder, I don't think is massively for the long term. But no, it was um, it was good to see us go with that as a positive change rather than try and bend a system that we usually play, which is a lot of hard work to get right anyway. Yeah, Connor, happy to see Aji getting his getting his start after obviously doing well at Burton. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he was one of the ones who, again, put a little smile on my face when I saw him in the starting lineup. Uh, I did, I did actually think back to my comment about Long last week when I told him mm. to uh, to f off. Um, I didn't actually mean it as in him to be dropped to the bench for Ford to come in, but clearly Kay listened to the podcast, heard what I'd said, <laughs> and, and really told him to f off. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see Ford play at, at, uh, right back or more like right wing back, I guess, with the the system that we actually adopted. And um, yeah, I thought it looked really good. Just like to say that Connor does not represent all of us on the podcast with his bad language and abusive attitude. So there we go. <laughs> Anyway, um, game kicked <laughs> off. And... Swear. <laughs> I'm just refl- I'm, re- I'm reflecting back on the last pod. I didn't. I never covered uh, that. Sorry. It's like the disclaimer sorry. that I should have said straight away, but I didn't. Maybe I should have injected yeah, I, it in. I sh- I should be the disclaimer for every episode. Yeah. Just if Connor's on the pod, don't let your children's listen. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, we needed kind of a good start, or we felt we needed a good start. We didn't get a good start. They scored from a corner in two minutes, and that was really annoying. <sighs> Um, we could have kind of crumbled at that point. You know, they, they looked, you know, they looked dangerous for the first five or so minutes, but then we actually just came in right into the game and it was a very, very even contest that first half. Like Matty Taylor nearly got in, closing down a short back pass. Adji looked to fret throughout. He was kind of carrying the ball at pace with confidence, didn't look fun to defend against. Um, he, ne- he had a penalty shout as well that, Connor, do you remember seeing that? It was just a right on the yeah. kind of edge of the area. I was standing yeah. up in my room, jumping up and down. But Yeah, you weren't the only one, mate. I was I was screaming and flailing my arms around. But I think that's just what that's what we do, don't we, as football fans anyway. We, we want to call everything. I'm not actually convinced it was a penalty. No. It's one of them where it's outside the box and it's probably given as a foul in it. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, Ruffles saw quite a lot of the ball. And I took, because I, I take notes when I'm watching the games for the sake of not forgetting what's gone on when we do the pod. But three or four occasions, he kind of found space. And I saw it in the Wimbledon game as well before we kind of really hit our stride after like half an hour or so. Um, he kept on finding the space when in advanced positions, but didn't seem to be able to pick out a man or put the ball into the danger zone, as it were, to kind of give... Um, his teammates an opportunity to attack the ball and I, I have started noticing that of Ruffs a little bit more but I don't want to critique him too hard because he does a great job to get into that position in the first place but you just hope that that final product is is there um, in the coming weeks but I guess yeah first half summary Connor given you watched it how were you feeling at half time? I was I was feeling a little bit disappointed in the fact that we were obviously disappointed that we were losing, but I, I felt like we had good value for a goal in us. Um, I thought we actually played quite well in, in the first half, um, given given conceding early. Um, I just think there was a, a, a clear lack of any cutting edge um, yeah. opportunities, and it was just a bit. It was just it was a frustra- it was frustrating to go in losing. Put it that way, you know. We yeah. I thought we we were good value for going in at, at, at either nil nil or or one one at least. Um, it was a bit frustrating, but yeah. um, you know, onto the bit, second half. 
We we never actually talk talk about opposition teams. I never give any credit to any opposition team, but they did. It is a thing, isn't it? If we if like we ever yeah. had opposition fans listen to this pod wanting to hear the review, we never reference anything to do with the opposition. Maybe it's an opportunity for us. But anyway, Sunderland did look really organised and were only kind of affording us space when we were playing the ball around the back line, like they were pressing in numbers and doubling up once we kind of moved into their half and. You could see that carry into the second half. But what actually happened is the second half started for the first 15, 20 minutes. We absolutely battered the crap out of them. Like Ruffles got that great kind of volley from the edge of the box, drawing a save. Shame yeah. it straight at the keeper. is one of them where if it goes either side of him, the keeper's really struggling. Um, I still felt Adji, I know I've mentioned Adji already, but he showed some great kind of versatility, like held the ball up really well. Um, he was available for the long ball. And I, again, I felt like he, he was also making himself there available for the short option as well. But just, yeah, he was he was all over the place and he, he was tidy. He lost the ball a couple of times, but he, he seemed to really kind of find his feet and was so involved in the game that you understood why he came off on 60 minutes or so. Um, Actually, as we, as we kind of have talked about in the last pod, he's not the finished product, but already he seems to have that feeling of, when the ball gets to him or comes near him, something might happen. I kind of take I yeah. take extra mm-hmm. notice when he has the ball, whereas with others, I'm sort of you know indifferent depending on what the situation of the game is. But I think the resilience we showed because I, I listened to it and then when that goal went in, I thought this could get a real horror show and be much worse than possibly it was. The reaction was after the game, but the resilience to not sort of crumble after that, I think, was was massive in this game. Yeah. Henry um, was whipping it. It was very windy, obviously, because of the storm. Which one was it? Dennis? Dennis? Yeah. I not say Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty yeah. Den. D- Dirty Den. Dirty Den was in town. But it was it, it was kind of weird. It wasn't the traditional wind that's kind of pushing down towards the east stand, as it were. Um, it was an odd one. Um, he was whipping in kind of countless... Uh, what the hell's going on? He was whipping in countless crosses. Um, did any of you see that in the notes, by the way, just then? Yeah. Because I was looking at it. <laughs> we, we have this note, for anyone listening, we use a note app, notes app called Notion, and all of the fonts just started changing as we were running through it. It's bizarre. It's caused panic. Anyway. It's caused panic in the pod, as you can clearly tell. <laughs> my, head nearly, panic. my head nearly exploded. <laughs> I was like, which one of you boys is trolling the shit out of me? <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, Henry was really using the wind to his advantage and just cross swinging. He did it like four or five times, just swinging in these balls from kind of deep just inside the half. And there were those passes impossible to defend where they kind of curl in across the front line. But we just weren't able to get Taylor or Adji on the end of them. And nothing seemed, Connor, to fall to anyone's feet. And we had a few like goal mouth scrambles from corners where you're looking at Elliot Moore, at least for two of those occasions, where it just looks like he needs to tap it in. Just couldn't couldn't get the ball in the net. It was just one of those games, wasn't it, where it just things weren't going our way, where we needed that strike of luck, which, you know, you do need that in football sometimes. It just wasn't falling for us against Sunderland. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just it was just one of those days where you, you come away from the game disappointed because you lost, but on the next breath you look at the performance and you actually go, wow, you know what, I think we, we came out of that game with our heads held for pretty high up, actually. We, we, played, we played well. Yeah. There was only, one only other thing I took note of is just in, because I like referring to how the refs get on, but there was there was five minutes added on and there was a period during the game around the 60th minute where one of their players was just sitting on the floor for like literally four and a half minutes. And then he added five minutes on after there were six substitutions and whatever. I was just like, for Christ's sake, man. So annoying. Um, anyway, 
This is like this wasn't one of those where it's a good loss, like a la Newcastle, a la Middlesbrough, or whatever. But it's certainly, it was certainly a positive performance, which is why when we get onto the outcry, it was, it just felt it was so bizarre. But Ben, yeah. I think like when you were catching up on the game and reading up on how we did, I'm guessing you watched the highlights and that. But we, we we played well. We were the dominant side, and if any team kind of deserved to take the victory away, it was probably us. Yeah, I think you touched on it earlier when you said with the early goal. You know, it just as easily could collapse then, and it could be two or three nil down by half time, and and then I can understand a big outcry. But we we took it on the chin, and we you know we kept playing our game. And I thought, you know, like you said, on another day, a couple of these scrambles get like a goal or two, or an own goal, and, and it could easily be one one or two one. So I think it was, yeah, it's it's not a good loss, but it's not a bad performance. Yeah, Dickie said as much in um, an interview just before Wimbledon as well. When reflecting back, he was like, he d- he says he doesn't want to dig out an excuse but nothing was falling to us and you know that was echoed by KR after the game as well but in terms of kind of notable performances um Aji as we said fantastic 60 minutes um Ford playing right back I <laughs> I felt that he had a solid performance in that especially his kind of, kind of de- defensively solid his set pieces were really really good and you know it's nice that we're taking some good corners and that type of thing um some some folks on Twitter were kind of disagreeing with that, were saying that whilst he was sound, he didn't get up the pitch enough, considering like he is, you know, by trade more of an offensive player. Um John, do you reckon like if we're playing three at the back in the future, you would you would expect Ruffs and Ford to maybe have more of a license to play further up the pitch by default? Yeah, and, and Ford's never been blessed with pace and he, he doesn't play that game anyway. You you can tell that he picks his moments. So when we've worked it up down that side He's not like Cadden, who would bomb on and just make that make that happen. Ford will need to be worked into position, but his delivery is is excellent. I'm, I'm a massive fan of his, and I I don't know what I, can't, I haven't seen any moments where he's been tested one on one versus Sam Long, but I think that's a competitive um, battle for that position with what Ford's done in the last couple of games. For sure, the thing with Sam Long as well is his quality. I think his crossing, he's, he's demonstrated he's got it. He's got it in his locker. Um, in recent recent weeks, but Ford is going to give you that quality in possession, you think. But uh, some of the feedback from our fans was Ford had a bloody awful game, um, could have done a lot more with the ball when he had it, which is a complete contradiction to what I'm saying. Uh, not, not sure we're watching the same game. Ford was clearly not a right back. Um, da, 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 da. So he seems to split opinion, but watching the game, I, I was I was pretty happy with him there. And I think that's probably why he's he kept his place going into Wimbledon. Um, Brannigan following on from Burton everywhere. He was back on it. Henry, whilst he was pretty quiet first half, he was back to showing some real glimpses of running the game at times. He was maybe a bit inconsistent, um, but obviously, yeah, he's he's coming back into into the, form basically. This these two those are the two last points about Brannigan and Henry were the only bit about my three 0 win prediction that came off. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I think Brannigan and Henry will get back to it, and we win three 0 and that's a heart over head decision so i'm yeah. just i just wanted to claim that just um after yeah my, well done after my three nice. three nil um shock prediction yeah, kr said uh, so we had six oh, sorry go on connor no, just very briefly i think watching cameron brannigan play like he did against sunderland and also how he did against wimbledon uh last night he is an absolute joy to watch when he is on form like that that is why he for me he's him and Henry are our best two players, in my opinion. I think 
when Cameron Brannigan's on it, he is absolutely fantastic and he is a joy to watch. And I'm just sticking it out there because I'm a big fan. It looks like when he's kind of angry is when he's best. Yeah. You know, when he's, he looks like he's just gets his head off. down. Yeah, that's yeah, he, Scout, yeah. Scouse rage. Oh, no, he's not. He's from Salford, he's, isn't he? He's, he's not even Scouse. He's from Manchester, yeah. But, he, but he's spent a lot of time in, in uh, Liverpool, so he probably picked yeah. someone up from there. Um, KR said after the game, felt that we dominated in all areas of the pitch. The stats suggest the same in that we had 60% possession, um, dominated corners and shots and such. Uh, things weren't dropping for us, as we said before, is what KR was saying. Moving the ball efficiently and purposefully, can't argue with that. Um, he said we were getting into good areas, but, but we're turning down crossing and shooting opportunities, a la what I was saying about Josh Ruffles earlier on, potentially. Phil Parkinson afterwards um, said they needed to be strong in terms of their character. Um, and they kind of said they had to dig, dug, they had to dig, they had to dug, they had to dig, <laughs> dig really deep. I'm saying it in a different tense, aren't I? It's weird. They had to dig really deep because um, conditions were tough and Oxford are a good team with a lot of talent. So there you go. Without going into too much detail on the, the phone in after the game, because um, it relates to the, the Zaki stuff. Yeah, it, it was it was an interesting one. I know it's been mentioned perhaps on other podcasts that focus on the phone in a little bit. But um, yeah, interesting things about blaming the board for that defeat. Someone talking about the stadium rent. Um, someone actually just referring to the performance itself being horrendous. And um, yeah, it was just it was just bizarre because they can't have been watching the same game. But um, yeah, just on to Zaki then. So Zaki, after the Sunderland game, said, frustrating not to get anything out of today. We go again Tuesday, a long way to go until the end of the season. Nothing gets decided in February. And then, guard, John, a waft of um, abuse just started heading towards the man. And it was uh, it was actually embarrassing to watch, I felt. Ugh, the, the rage came down from, from somewhere. I, I think he... Um... It boils down to the performance in that game, which is why I can't quite square it all off. And I can I can understand people have different opinions on how successful the transfer window was. You know, I've constantly bang on about we didn't secure fullbacks, and there's nothing we can do about selling Foster and Baptiste late in the day. But the performance in that game is what I can't square off with the criticism because it it was a decent performance, as I've listened to. You, you, we've all seen clips and stuff back, so where the sort of, and I guess it ties into the run of games we've been on, to how to go straight back to the ambition of the board, I think is quite a leap, which yeah. I struggled with. But I can understand the frustrations linked to performances, linked to results, but not necessarily when there's a good performance. Yeah, but Ben, the board has been consistent in terms of, they set their ambitions up at the, the front of the season by saying playoffs is our target. The, the comment that people latched onto was when he said nothing gets decided in February. People were going back saying, no, it got, you know, it's decided in January because of what we've done with Fosso and Baptiste. But, you know, it's there's a bigger picture here, isn't there? Yeah. And what, and what he's referring to with that is, you know, there's still two and a bit months, two and a half months left of football. So, yeah, we've lost. But, you know, if we go on a winning streak and win every game, we'll be well up there. I think the board... Uh, given recent times and how we've had promises and things just don't seem to come about, I think the board have, have stuck to what they've said. We all know that we need to sell players every year in order to make it work for us as a sustainable club. That's that's nothing new. And mm. especially with, with Zaki of all people, he's I think he's been the most calm and most um, realistic person and open with the fans as well. Everything he says is always you know from the heart and true. And I, I genuinely believe 
that he has an incredible investment in this club. And yeah, I just think it's it's a shame yeah. that not everyone's seeing it that way. The thing that gets me again is about, you know, people saying all for us being sustainable, but we forfeited the season and whatever else. Like Connor, when you look at the the lineup and you look at the squad that we're putting out week in, week out, you look at the team we put out last night against Wimbledon and the bench, like we haven't forfeited jack shit. Like we've got, this yeah. is the best team. And I was saying this to, to someone the other day, like this in my lifetime, I think even though, you know, when I was growing up, we were in the championship, this is still what I would consider the best squad that I've ever seen. And that might be controversial or whatever, but you know, at the age of what am I? I don't know, 32. Um, I still look at this and think this is the best time I've had in terms of being excited about our prospects for, you know, 20 odd years. Well, the squad's, yeah, the squad's mean, strength's got to be contextualised against what league we're in. But in terms of like players to turn up and see, these are in the majority going to be better than previous squads. But you're absolutely right. I think players we brought in Holland and Brown, I think Fosu would, would probably be an asset to have in terms of winning promotion this season. Um, and Baptiste would agree. But I think in terms of you trade, you've got to trade off the, the business side of things and the fact that we've got two players in at least who are 80-90% as good as those two where yeah. they where they were at the mo- at the minute I'm not saying that Baptiste isn't going to go on and be 10 times the player that Marcus Brown is but it's about the current here and now yeah Connor yeah I think um, I think some fans uh, they want their cake and they also want to eat it uh, and the reason why I say that is particularly going back to what Ben said about Zaki he's been consistently open and transparent with us since he's come into the club via Twitter, which is obviously something that a lot of fans engage with him on. Um, and I think the the way that some people engage with uh, his his tweets are, uh, in my in my opinion, I, I don't think people go about it in the right way. Um, you know, he's, he's come in, he's been transparent, he's been open, and to be sort of almost targeted as, as the main reason why, you know, we may have sold uh, some players in January that some fans didn't want to leave, etc. And he's been almost sort of outed because of that. Um, it's a decision that was clearly made with the club's best interests, in my opinion. Um, I don't think these decisions are taken lightly by uh, the board or the manager. I don't think it's something that's just decided on a whim. Uh, there's a reason why these, these things happen. Um, and I completely yeah. agree with what you said, James. I think for me, I mean... I'm 23. I've been going to Oxford Masters since I was four years old. Um, this is one of the best squads that I've seen. And I obviously I, I agree with uh, what John said about it depends on what league we're in. But yeah. Yeah, we're, in, we're in League One. This is the highest league I've seen Oxford play in. And we have an extremely strong strong squad uh, even now. Uh, obviously, the injuries have, have affected us, uh, particularly you know, things around um, Woodburn, He's a prime example of, you know, think of how strong our squad will be when he comes back. Um, I don't think the season is is over. I know that I've been relatively sceptical um, over the course of the last couple of weeks on the podcasts about, you know, whether or not we're, we're going to go up this season. But I still certainly think that a playoff uh, position is within reach, given the games we have left to play and the opposition that we have to face, um, and also uh, the squad that we have. And I think outing people like Zaki on Twitter because uh, people are a bit pissed off that 
you know, two players had left and we lost one nil to Sunderland. I personally think it's a, a little bit disgraceful, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I particularly enjoyed the tweet where someone said to Zaki they won't renew their season ticket. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Like tra- transparency and stuff. Absolutely it, ridiculous. If you're listening, pal. Yeah, yeah, sort your life out. Checkity check yourself. I hope he doesn't listen, actually. <laughs> before, before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, Zaki then had to, you know, felt the need to then come back, you know, back again to transparency in the way he operates. You know, sent five um, separate points back um, about firmly believing in the squad and the coaching team, more than capable of achieving what we set out to at the start of the season. Stick together, please. The togetherness within the club has and will not change with the support of the wider community. Um, he says we are absolutely ambitious have a clear vision where we want to take this football club Um, you know we're not part you know we don't get we're not privy to what's actually going on and we never will be but we always think we know all the things don't we as fans Um, I think uh, so just very quickly I think this togetherness thing makes makes me laugh a little bit because before January I'd argue that you know the fans were were galvanised around this club and around um and around the, the team and the performances we were putting in and, and the league positions that we were in. And the Just because we've had a little yeah. dip in form and two players had left, I can't believe how blown out of proportion this has become um, for certain members of the, of, the, of the fan base. I just think it's a little bit OTT. I think, you know, we stand by our club regardless. We've been in far, far worse positions than this in the last 20 years. So I think we yeah. should sort of, you know, we should sort of check ourselves a little bit before we start firing off. Uh, at board members and, and at the club and things because I think we're still in a very p- uh, positive position. Is checkity check ourselves the phrase of the pod? Perhaps? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, he, he talks about, again, not drowning the club with debts. Um, obviously, sustainability, big factor there. Uh, th- I do think one thing they could do, and maybe I asked the question, I think, to Tiger, um, <laughs> or put it for the fans forum thing, maybe a bit of clarity on how the money is going to be used. Is it just going to be used to, um, you know, reduce losses or debts or whatever? Or is, is it going aside to go towards a stadium? You know, whatever. Is there a plan towards how that money might be reinvested? It would be interesting. Maybe they don't know yet, and that's fair, but maybe they should be open and honest a little bit about that. We'll see. Anyway, um, I thought Adam, final thing I'll say on it, I thought Adam worded it well. I think we pretty much said it, but Adam Slade... Um, in the Yorkshire Yellows, listens to the pod, tweeted and saying, thanks, Zaki, on the back of all of those tweets the where he provided a bit more clarity on the situation. He said, 100% behind the board. You're trying to run the club properly, proper, properly, which is very much appreciated. Let's walk before we can run. Disappointed to see people bemoaning the lack of ambition. We'll get there, even if it's not this season. Um, well done, Adam. Nice, yeah. sensible approach. Yeah, articulated that well. Yeah. Um, Better than you did, Kay- James. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> anyway, uh, just before we go on to Wimbledon, obviously we we end up smashing Wimbledon. Everyone forgets about all this stuff, don't they? But KR, there was an interesting interview on Yellow Player with KR. It was just short of 10 minutes, but um, he was talking about the fact that we've got big decisions to make as a football club. Ben, you were listening to this. Was there anything that stood out to you from that? Well, the, the thing for me that stood out about that is is he how happy he was at the club and how he, he feels it's almost natural for him to be there. He, he loves being here uh, and the way the club's set up, not just with the players, but the staff and the, the youth teams and the wider setup. 
and that he doesn't want to be in this league. He wants us to go up, and I think he genuinely does think that we shouldn't be in this league. Um, so I think he's he's challenging the board. Not obviously not nothing they can do for the rest of this season, but yeah. you know, challenging them to keep us going in the future. Uh, what was interesting, I did see the program notes for the Wimbledon game. I know we're skipping ahead slightly, but Tiger does talk about. Look, they offered half a million for Cadden, which isn't an inconsiderable sum for a League One oh. right back. Did uh, he say and, that? Yeah, he said yeah, that. Yeah. And wow, okay. uh, and also that they made an offer for a player that would have made him the highest uh, earning player in our club's history, fully aware that that would then mean that current players will ask for a, a wage rise as a result. And it just yeah. seems that that's, for me, is a, a strong show that you know they're not just in this to, to get a quick sale or anything. They do genuinely want to invest for the, the future of the club. And I think he touches on it slightly, does KR, but you know that I think he's got a strong connection with the board. And a lot of people don't actually know what the board have done, you know, where they've invested their money. And that's partly because, you know, we, we see the accounts once a year, but they're 18 months behind. So, you know, we yeah, won't see this yeah. for a few years. But, you know, I think he's almost saying, look, you know, you've got to trust that everybody's doing the right thing for the club. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, that all ties back, obviously, to what we're just saying about Zaki and the, the outcry. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I did think, John, this stood out for me when... He was saying, yeah, we have to go for it now. I don't want to be in League One, to, to Ben's point. He he said, he did reference rolling the dice a bit, but I think it's saying that some of our, he said some of our best players and staff won't necessarily stay around if we don't want to progress. But you could tell it's like a united front on that. Like he, he's working with the board. They, they all share that view, don't they? Yeah, I, I think there's the right amount of creative rubbing up or tension between KR and the <laughs> yeah. board, if that makes sense. Um, I think they both subtly challenge each other. I think Zaki, as we talked about a couple of minutes ago, was subtly saying, you've got all you need to get on with this. And KR's subtly saying, well, don't let up. Um, I think it's a nod as well to the fact that, and I touched on it earlier, that there's a big rebuild to come the end of this season regardless, um, because a lot of our squad is loan-based at the moment. So that's something. Um, I think it's probably possibly a little bit too early to say we're sort of an absolute pivotal moment. Um, I don't know if going not not going up to the championship would be a disaster this season. Um, I still want us to have a good, strong season and get damn close. I'm not sort of not yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know whether we're quite at that sort of it's now or never. But I think we're we're definitely building up to it, and that's what he referred to back talking about where we were in the past, putting assets in place. And I think this point about how much money has been pumped in by the board is hugely important. And you touched on it a second ago. I'm not too bothered. I'm not too bothered about the board saying we're going to spend this money on that and this money on that. I'm kind of saying, well, they can spend a bit of it on all manner of different things. But the point is, we we can never know. In some ways, probably shouldn't know that they pumped two hundred grand into sort of some obscure element of, I don't know, some sort yeah. of regulatory point or whatever. As long as that means we're going to be in a better place for the next five years. You just got to trust the board in that they're doing the right thing for the interest of the club and they're not doing it so longer term they can actually take a profit out into their own pocket type thing, which might be a thing. You know, that's the idea. You want to turn a profit. They want to make some money. It is an investment at the end of the day. But yeah, I think we've got we've got all reasons to be putting our trust in them at the moment. But if that comes from the club owning assets at the end of it, yeah, fair, fair, fair play. I don't, I don't yeah, mind. yeah, absolutely. That's it. Right, let's talk about Wimbledon. I'm real. I realise we should have probably done like a Zaki based interlude to have like a Zaki sass section, but I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll add that into the notes afterwards, perhaps. 
Right, Wimbledon at home. Only other game of the night was Southend v Gillingham. What was the score in that? Gillingham won one nil, which was a bit annoying. But um, be it, I didn't realise how close they were to us. But anyway, this was very much one of our games in hand. Be it that was the only other game. Wimbledon had only won once since we played them back in December. So that two one win, um, and that was a one nil victory um, against Peterborough, as John mentioned last week, which was not probably the result you'd expect. Um, since we played them, they've they played eight one one, drawn four, including their last two against Ips. This was the thing, yeah. They drew against Ipswich nil nil and Rotherham two two, which was worth noting after the fact that we smashed them, because um, it shows you that they they can be tough to beat. Um, and they lost three in that time as well. Um, I was going to laugh at their form coming into the game, but probably not a great idea. Be it that our the annual table for 2020 showed them one place above us in 17th place. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, good no, spot. We leap, yeah, we leapfrogged them after this. Um, frequent scorelines, I like them. They have had nine 2 1 defeats this year, which I found quite interesting. That's absolutely. They've also won quite a few games 2 1. So, 2 1 was a prevalent scoreline. It was like nearly 50% of the games or something stupid. Um, it certainly wasn't last night. It certainly wasn't last night. So, in Lo- terms of lovely t- segue, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the the team, then Ford stuck around at right back. Um, Brannigan um, went into a holding role with Gorin suspended. Brown played through the middle, which I thought was. I, I honestly think that means that he is more of a team player when he's playing in that position. Um, I thought he did well. Henry, uh, right wing. We talked about this, John, haven't we? In previous pods, that's where we feel he's. He's most effective. Yeah, he just steps it up another level when he plays in that position. He, he does all right when he plays in the position that Brown did. And I can see why he ends up being put in that position because it's like, well, you might as well get him in and get someone else in. But as we'll talk about at length and drool over, he was, <laughs> he was just um, he was just unreal in that position. And that's where he needs to be. And if Brown or Holland does to miss out for me, they have to miss out. Going forward. Yeah. Holland and Taylor made up the other two two places up top. But yeah, first half kicks off um, straight away from the off. We were we were just right on it. Holland crossing to Sykes within like 50 seconds. Uh, free header, but slightly behind him, so he couldn't get it on target. Um, Sykes, similar to the Agi one at Sunderland, went down in the box as well. Looked like a pen early on. Taylor early on as well. A strike from around the penalty spot. It was a fantastic save. If Taylor again puts that any, any other place, it's, it's going in. Um, Connor, I started to worry at this point that you kind of get in towards 20, 25 minutes. Taylor rounded the keeper as well, but could just couldn't get his shot away. Kind of went down for a pen. I was starting to think, oh my God, is this going to be one of those games again where we just absolutely pump a team and we just can't get that can't get that goal? Yeah, I, I text my dad around that time, actually, literally saying, I hope it's not going to be one of those nights, dot, dot, dot. And then I just said, but I think we'll get away with it tonight. As in, I, I felt like there was something coming and there was going to be um, a, a, a goal coming from somewhere in in the first half. And, and obviously it did. And I, I just think we, we looked threatening literally straight from the off. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even, I, I'm so tempted to summarise the game now, but I'm not going to. I'll let you crack on. <laughs> just because of the way I was happy with well, the performance. Just crack on. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it was great to see that we were maintaining. Whilst we've been on this run, we have tough. You know, we've had obviously a tough run of form. Um, 
you could say the confidence. Everyone knows this is a must-win game, right? All the players would know it. It's hard to maybe play with that level, the level of confidence that we did, and we just we kind of just put them to one side, didn't give a crap about what what they were doing, worried about our own game. But yeah, we scored after what half an hour or so. Taylor getting a goal, he knows where to be, he knows to be in the right place at the right time. To John's point, Henry swinging the ball across um, in that from that right wing position, and Taylor's there. Um, ben. Matt Taylor knows where to be, doesn't he? Yeah, the fox in the box, to use that terrible phrase. Fox uh, in the box. Yeah, I mean, all, that's where you want that six to ten yard area, you know, between the the, the goal and the penalty spot. That's where, that's where an out and out striker will score most of his goals, and he, it doesn't matter if he scuffs it in most of the time. If it's not straight at the keeper, it's going in. But you do need that player on the wing to whip in that sort of gorgeous ball. Yeah, and it's that intelligence, isn't it, that Matty Taylor potentially gives us. He's not the quickest lad necessarily, but he gives us that over over Adji and Mackie, you'd say, and that's probably why he's going to be playing having if they're all fit, he's going to get the most minutes between now and the end of the season, wouldn't you say, John? Yeah, I think so. Um, Henry, thing with why Taylor must love playing with Henry is he'll know that that ball's coming. Whereas with Holland yeah. and Brown, you might it might be amazing, or it might just be they'll cut back and delay his run, and he'll probably just get annoyed with them. With Henry, you're like right know where I'm going to go and be there. And that's why it's such a brilliant combination. And that's experience of being, and they're just, Henry's just bloody amazing. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Connor, this can, be your, this can be your special section with the second goal. So it didn't take us long to get the second. Lovely, kind of, well, I think Rob Dickey nearly falls over at the back in the build-up to this, which is great. Brannigan kind of drills in a ball towards um, Henry. Henry does this kind of deft, beautiful little flick. Wimbledon just don't know what's going on. Sykes just leaps onto it and absolutely powers through the half. Just defenders getting nowhere near him. Um, yeah. There was a nice, nice little interchange where Holland and Sykes kind of they don't get in each other's way. It's quite clever. Holland takes it off him, bang, top corner. But Sykes and Henry again oozing class. Sykes I, I, is Sykes. Would you say Connor? This is a this is a difficult question. But if you could have Gavin White, I think I know the answer as well. If you could take <laughs> Gavin White back now. Um, and put Sykes out to another club, would you do it? Uh, the answer's no, by the my way. Heart, like, my heart, yeah, yeah. My heart my heart says one thing, my head says the other. Um, but I, no, I, I, okay, I'm going to go with you then, no. I think Sykes is, <laughs> Sykes is, and actually I agree with what, I think, I think it was, uh, I think it was Jerome that said it, I, I'm not, not quite sure, it might not have been. Um, he said that, since Baptiste has, has left, um, it seems as though Sykes has kind of stepped up a little bit. Uh, and that goal was, and that run was certainly testament to something that I, I could see someone like Baptiste doing. Just the way he got, you know, drifted with the ball and kept it yeah. close to him. And, and it was a, it was a really good goal. And I, I refer to the goal as a, as the, as the Ryan Adams goal, um, because there's a, a lad in my office called Ryan. Um, he's from Belfast and he supports West Ham. So when we signed Nathan Holland, he said, oh, I can't wait to watch Nathan Holland play for you lot. And then obviously the, the Belfast link with Sykesy to Holland. Well, it was a really good goal. So it was my it was the, the Ryan Adams goal. So when I saw him in the office this morning, that's the first thing I said to him. It was a, it was a really good goal. And uh, nice. I, was, I was happy to see happy to see Holland get on the score sheet. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I really like about Sykes is he doesn't, you saw it against the New, Newcastle, is he doesn't look to give a crap as to who he's playing against or the quality yeah. or he, he just seems confident no matter what, which is which is brilliant. 
he has this. I mean, this is the thing, and the reason I say it is because obviously I live over here now. He does have the kind of Northern Irish sort of like attitude. I always feel like since I've lived here, there is a certain sort of attitude of most of the blokes over here that there is kind of a, I don't really give a fuck type thing. Like they're just, they're just like pretty headstrong. And I Do feel I need like, another disclaimer at like, this part? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I just feel like, I feel like Sykesy is one of those. He just, he just really seems to just care only about his performance. He doesn't care who's playing against. He will, he will play his way. Uh, and I like that. Everyone in Northern about? Ireland doesn't give doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> well, no, I just meant like they're all headstrong. Connor like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's just it's, it's um, just the different people over here. They're like they're like north they're like northern Englishmen, which is decent. It's ben, it did soft, look like than soft southerners. <laughs> right, let's move just on. Cut, yeah. ben. <laughs> I'm a soft southerner. I can say it. Just on on what. Connor was saying about Holland getting that goal, but obviously Holland got the goal against Newcastle to build up his confidence. But he does, you know, when you're that young and you're coming into playing men's football for the first time, adding adding goals to your game is going to build confidence. And, he, you know, we're probably going to see the best of him going forward, you'd hope now, right? I think so, yeah. It's going to give him confidence and belief in himself that he can go on those runs, take on players, have shots from distance or whatever. But it'll also give confidence to the players around him that actually, you know, he's, he's such a good option, he's going to put the ball away. And if we've got yeah. two or three players on the pitch that can do that, then, you know, we could start seeing some really good moves. For sure. Second half started, going in 2-0, looking very comfortable. Um, bish, bash, bosh, we get another couple of goals. So Brown gets the ball inside his own half and Wimbledon were kind of just backing off as he as he ran forward. And this is a lovely goal. Like Henry obviously makes a clever run, but Brown sucks all the players into him so he can play play Henry in a, at the opportune moment. Um, he kind of, Henry just sits the keeper on his ass to a degree. And just that, that John, I know you like a bit of James Henry. That that dink is just sumptuous, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it almost looked like he didn't have quite have enough time to do that. Um, but it was just symptomatic all game of, I couldn't tell you what Wimbledon's tactics were, but yeah. our midfielders had so much time to like, sort of just look up and go, okay, oh, you're there, right, I passed you. It was, I mean, Brown was a great ball from Brown, but to get into that position, he was barely, like, troubled. Not downplaying yeah. the, the finish from Henry. I just thought, it's one of those were like, this is going to be a, once we were sort of tuning up, I was like, this is only going to go one way. It was weird. I couldn't work out what Wimbledon's plan was. Maybe they were just knackered after the previous games or something. It was weird. It's good to see Connor Brown getting an assist and back to that thing around him kind of sitting in a deeper role, in a central role. Maybe he's going to be less inclined to always go alone. Yeah, I, I think he showed a few a few different sides of his game that I, I think a lot of people haven't seen before. Um, particularly when I saw him picking the ball up in, in really deep areas when he almost played like Alex Gorin does at times. I saw him between the centre-halves. Um, he... He clearly enjoyed the role because he's one of these players who likes to have the ball at his feet. You know, he enjoys having the football. So it clearly suits him in, in that sense. Um, there are a few times where he played a few wayward passes. Um, so obviously that's just that's just kind of the, the, the run of the mill, I think, really, uh, with, a, with a player like him. If he was deployed in that position more often, I think we'd probably see even more quality from him. But I was impressed with him, um, particularly when he when he hit the when he hit the yeah. post with that absolute beautiful move that would have, I mean, to be honest with you, I, 
well, no, maybe I won't say what I was thinking just then about what would have happened <laughs> if that ball went in the back of the net, what I would have done. Because um, it was <laughs> absolutely... Would it involved a windmill? By any chance? <laughs> yeah, it would have, yeah. Um, it would have been similar to what the Newcastle fan did. Um, it was <laughs> it was a stunning, stunning move. I know we skipped ahead here, but yeah, I thought Brown had a really good game in, in sort of that deeper role. Um, yeah. And like we said earlier, it, it, it allowed obviously Henry to play on the right and we all know how how much quality he's got playing out there. And he showed that again, didn't he, last night? Absolutely. So yeah. It was our, a win-win, I think. Our fourth goal, and I think we need more more of these things. I think we need more headers that turn into through balls because Elliot Moore, with his big head, put... put uh, <laughs> I think it was actually, again, just shocking defending. By, like The Wimbledon defender was more bothered about where Holland was rather than just attacking the ball, which I found interesting but you know Holland took absolute advantage and a really nice kind of composed finish to put us four up um we then had a few subs so Fawn came on for Brown this is still only like what 60 minutes or so Fawn came on to for Brown Aji on for Sykes Mackie um, went to left wing because I think KR wanted him to just be as near the Wimbledon fans as possible so we could just troll them throughout the game that's probably accurate still. that's probably accurate by that point <laughs> KR would have gone over there himself and managed over there from if he could. I'm but sure. when when else would you put Mackie on the wing? Pace like FIFA pace like twenty two or something. Like anyway, Brannigan pace of twenty two. Uh, I yeah, talked earlier uh, about not the quickest um, is he? No, he's not. But I talked earlier about Brannigan and the kind of anger thing, and you could see it when he was put through by Taylor um, to what you know, hoping to put us five up. He was kind of through on goal, a defender not far off him, but he had a, a clear like left foot strike. I think the keeper keeper saved it, and then Brannigan in rage just did some horrendous crunching tackle. Um, but it's, yeah, shame he didn't get get the goal. Aji again, um, direct approach after coming on, drew a good save. It was a really, really, really good save actually. I didn't know how it didn't go in. You guys remember that? Yeah, but, um, yeah, really good save for that. And then we do eventually get the fifth goal. Again, beautiful ball from Henry, um, whipped in. It looked like it was just bound to be offside, but when you watch the replay, no, just again, what, what <laughs> can, are Wimbledon doing? Can, can, I don't know if any of you have uh, watched back the goal cam on Twitter that Oxygen United posted. You can, uh, my mate pointed this out to me earlier and told me to, to listen to it. You can hear the goalkeeper literally screaming, pardon my <laughs> Part, part of my profanities you can hear him screaming get the fuck up get the fuck up like that and the ball comes in and they're literally all playing basically all our players on side because they didn't step up quick enough and then there was Matty Taylor with a good finish it was it was it was hilarious to listen to it the keeper's, <laughs> and then the keeper just like flows his arms in the air just like oh really like you just clearly don't care anymore it was, uh, he actually was their best player I felt definitely <laughs> yeah day, it, it, it could well. have been it could have been far more than five yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, we bossed the game in terms of stats, as you expect. Another game in a row where we've got 60% possession, 22 shots, 12 shots on target. You know, yeah, absolutely could have been more. Um, yeah. KR, after the game, was saying, similar to what we were saying, um, he was thinking, oh, God. You know, when we hadn't scored after 20-odd minutes after just pummeling them, he was thinking what we were thinking. Like, is this going to be another one of those days? But yeah, he said could have been load more, loads of classy misses he referred to them as, and he, he referenced just like we did then that their keeper was outstanding. Um, I noticed on Twitter that a Wimbledon um, fan who seems to feed stats into Opta on behalf of AFC Wimbledon was saying that they were lucky to 
to leave with only a 5-0 loss. He said it was embarrassing. Joe Day making some good saves. Um, probably also saving the players from having to give the fans a refund. Um, you should send this to your mate, Connor, the Wimbledon fan. He'll, he'll love this stuff. I've had a... Um, the amount of he was there last night. He made the journey. Was he? So, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the amount of banter I was giving him during the game was absolutely off the rails because I was just slating the absolute shit out of him. Um, banter. Yeah, and then he came up with the whole yeah, but you know, at least I make the journey to watch my football team. And I was like, mate, I live in fucking Belfast. What do you expect? I'm not going to be coming into every home game on a Tuesday night, am I? But you know, at least I managed to watch the game on iFollow. So. Shout out to iFollow for the services. Yeah. Although it's expensive. You need, to get, but... you, need to, you need to get yourself a Lilo, Connor, then you'll be all right. Um, <laughs> you should also tell your mate that Wimbledon's 5-0 loss to Oxford was the club's biggest defeat in the uh, league for nearly 22 years. That's wrong. No, it's apparently, not. In the league. It's league. Yeah, it's well, wrong apparently. if you include, um, they lost to York when they are in the conference 5-0. Do you remember yeah, Richard Brody? 2010. Oh, right. That was it. Yeah, because he, he pointed that out to me earlier. And I was like, and he said, oh, yeah, we lost 5-0 in 2010. And I was like, yeah, that's a fantastic achievement. Richard right, yeah, Brody was such one. the big thing at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, he's one of those pitches, you saw him, and like, oh, he's the best thing ever. In, and then you just forget where these players after it. It's where we were. But I, was... I remember that game against York at home. You know, the one with the pitcher where Crichton scored right at the end. He put that, it, it was the first game of the season, I think, in the year. Was it 2010? I think it was the year we got promoted. But they, he scored early on. They were, we were losing one 0 and we got two late goals, which was that Crichton one. But I always remember that whenever I think of him. Sorry, John, cut you no. off there for a little story. No, it was it was a good <laughs> it was a good story. Um, good good story. Okay, good story. That's, Tell it you, again, bro. <laughs> we'll put this as the uh, the Richard Brody Appreciation Society section. Yeah, have many minutes in. Um, I liked as well. Generally, I suppose to kind of sum it up that we've just been relentlessly positive about it and there's not even a sense of like well Wimbledon were actually pretty poor and kind of weren't on it at all and it that just strikes as playing into the whole let's keep the momentum going let's keep the confidence and we played amazingly and I, I like the fact that it we've not really no one like chaos talked about actually they were really really poor and their Wimbledon manager was saying I don't know how they're not top of the league well I think his team was pretty pretty a part of that game massively tonight or not part of it Oh, don't focus on that. Ben, can you not focus on that and say just something? Say how happy you're feeling going into the next run of games. Well, I was, that was me trying to be like happy as well, just continuing. Okay. But <laughs> Ben, ben <laughs> take, take it away, take it away. I uh, Well, I was playing football last night, so when I looked at my phone at five past nine and saw it was 4-0, I did let out quite a high-pitched yelp of happiness, which got can some you, weird looks. Can you repeat yeah. it? Yeah, yelp. please do. Uh, it's, uh, Something, Something like that. Bit more, bit I was more not manly. expecting that. I was not expecting <laughs> that noise. That's just causing accident. That noise. Someone driving. But going forward, I think apart from John's going to touch on the Ipswich game, but we have got a, a run of games soon. Where if we play like that, I, I, we should we should be winning those games. Yeah, for sure. Right. Let's talk about what's going on across League One. Right, so we'll do this pretty quickly, but on uh, Saturday, so the, the day when we lost to Sunderland on Saturday the 15th, um, some spicy encounters, it looks like. So Accrington ended up beating Lincoln 4-3 and won the game in the 95th minute. That's spicy. 
Uh, Wickham kept their, you know, they've kind of found a bit of form again, beat Bolton 2-0. Um, Fleetwood managed to do one over on um, Peterborough. Obviously, that's that was a big game up there. Um, Fleetwood's still pushing. They must still be just above us. They've, got, they've got games in hand as well. They've got two, yeah. two on two on Ipswich and Peterborough and so on. So I think they're the dark mm. horse. Gilligan um, v-, v Doncaster. I think Doncaster were down to 10 men um, before half time. Um, Gilligan took advantage, won that game 2-1. Again, that's a, that they're two teams that are still pushing for playoffs. Ipswich smashed Burton 4-1, obviously on the back of us drawing with Burton. Um, you know, they've found a bit of form. That's going to be interesting when we play them. We'll find out more in said preview. Uh, Pompey kept a good run going, 1-2-0. Um, and then, like we said, Wimbledon got that um, last 93rd minute equaliser against Rotherham before obviously coming into the game with us. So great for all the teams around around the place, um, around the playoffs and auto pitcher. And Coventry um, did Southend in 2-0. Southend obviously picked up a bit of form of late. Coventry are just bizarre, aren't they? They're just going. They just lost three games. Dark horses. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Wow. They've got three games up on um, Peterborough in hand and they're above them. They're second in the league. Um like we said, Gillingham beat South End last night, so a couple of good results for Gillingham. If you look at their form, you know, one drawn one 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 type thing. You know, there there's no there's no L anywhere near them at the moment, so they're they're doing well. Um right. That's that. Any notable things to stand out to people? Was that a fair summary? I guess the league table. We're 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 into tenth um, on the back of Wimbledon. We're what thirty one games played, forty eight points. We're five points off Portsmouth in the playoffs with a game in hand on them. Like we said, if we win, and this has been repeated multiple times, but if we win all our games in hand on Peterborough, um, then what? We're only a point behind them or something like that. Yeah, hmm. there's about there's a five point gap roughly emerged between ourselves and 12 so maybe this is finally the league <laughs> separating from each other yeah yeah i think the uh the ipswich game is i mean it's don't even think this needs saying it's absolutely huge in terms of league position i think um because you know if they if they if they come away with three points then you know they start to create a bit of a gap over us um so i think avoiding defeat against ipswich is is uh of paramount importance but i I generally think the Wigger will go for it. We'll go gun ho. I imagine. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think Kr will be happy with a point. He'll be want to take it to them. They've had a poor run of form. Um, obviously, I know they, they 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 like us. Have won their last game after having a bit of a dip in form. So, you know, they're certainly not unbeatable. Um, uh, I think we'll put up a good show. Yeah. Have you you just done your prediction for Ipswich? I'm not going to predict carried away. I'm not going to predict a score just yet. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> the one thing is worth saying. Um, Jack posted the same thing that I'd seen, which was like a t- what was the site called? I don't remember, but it was a view of the table where it shows you who you've played, kind of home and away. And Kr in his interview had said that after Ipswich, we played the top five home and away, which would tell you that you know we've got a real good chance to pick up, go on a good run or get results. But that's not really accurate in any sense no. <laughs> i don't i don't really understand it but it, we do in all fairness have more fixtures against teams below us than teams above us which is um which is a positive so fingers crossed i think um i, I had it in the notes somewhere but i saw uh, what, uh, the oxford twitter account post that the average league position of the teams were playing in the next six games including ipswich was uh, 16th which tells you how important 
this the remaining five games that we've got actually are um yeah big 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 times but anyway let's let's um carry on from what connor was saying let's preview ipswich tractor boys the tractor boys uh are they a neutral favorite to no no i was i feel like they are like <laughs> like tottenham but that, i was wondering whether is that just me but clearly you've just brutally put that down as they're not, they're not a neutral favorite. <laughs> ask ben, ben? Response. I, I think they were i certainly i remember them sort of finishing really high up the premier league I don't know, probably 20 years ago now and getting into the uefa cup but i think that's long gone now <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say those days are gone. I remember when they played into Milan in the uh, in the Europa League or whatever, and um, went to San Siro, and it was like all the lads from uh, Ipswich piling on their tractors and driving over there. Who are? <laughs> I do. I do um, <laughs> prefer them to Norwich because yeah. we had a bit of a spell of playing Norwich all the time at the, the late the back end of the nineties when we were in the Championship, and we played them in the League Cup a few times with replays, and it was hor- they were horrible encounters. And also, whenever I hear their fans going, yeah, loads and blah, I'm just like, no, you're not the yellows. This is wrong. So yeah. I prefer Ipswich. I'm with you. And they always remind me of the mighty uh, Jim Magilton as as well. And Ian Atkins played for them as well, which I discovered in my research. So mm. we all love Ian Atkins. Um, anyway, slight tangent. Um, so beyond this season and that rain-played draw, this is the first time we've played them since 99 when we were back in Division 1. And we lost 2-1 at Portland Road. And that was the year we got relegated. And Firoz Kassam bought the club. So it was a real, real good year, that one. Um, <laughs> and the last time we won at Portland Road was in 1988. So admittedly, we, that's context, got to be contextualised with how many times we've played them in that period. But our, run, our form against them isn't great, really. Uh, mm. their, their decline this season has been well documented. And Lambert's been generally under pressure from the fans for for quite a while. And I came across an interview fairly recently with a journalist he gave, which I think summed that up quite well. So this is um, him speaking to a journalist. So the question from the journalist was, this is one of the best squads in the division though, isn't it? His answer was, who's saying that? That's your scenario. You're talking absolute nonsense this morning. Have you been drinking? Have you? <laughs> wow. In a, in a, You should have done a kind of rough, low, deep Scottish accent to, to say that. But Yeah, well, do, that, do, do it again. That, that would have been even even better. And then the further the further question was from the journalist following on the back of that um, attack. But a lot of these players are playing the championship, so you'd think basically they'd be good enough for League One and get promoted. The answer from Lambert: Go on then, name me those players. <laughs> wow. So the journalist is like, okay, uh, Emra Hughes, Cole Skews. You could go through most of the squad. Answer: Go on, keep going. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. So in summary, he's a bit of a prick. Yeah. Well, he just thinks his team's shit. That's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, so it's been no, it's been widespread throughout the season that it's been a bit up and down, and Ipswich fans have certainly turned against him, especially when he was given a five-year deal earlier in the season, which was a bit of a turn-up. But anyway, <laughs> bit of <laughs> bit of context. Um, summary. I mean, so they're seventh, and they've played a game more than us. Defensively, pretty good actually. They've conceded. They're the fifth least goals in the league and the joint second for clean sheets, which is 14. Basically, the reason why they're not doing so well is they're drawing a lot of games. So they're drawing 10, which is higher than most. And they've, but they've only lost the same number of games as Rotherham have. So it is really just about winning games, including the title. Um, 
But their form's not great recently. They've played a lot of the top teams. They lost to Sunderland, Rotherham. They got battered by Peterborough, drew against Wimbledon, as we touched on. But they did manage to beat Burton last time out, which we obviously didn't. Hmm. Um, but really, their decline was from late October. The results just went absolutely downhill. Lots of draws and home losses. And Lincoln put five past them, which I think was where it really sort of... the rot sort Did of, they? Yeah, 5-3. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was that, kind of... One. I think it was kind of like five or six games into Map's spell when he really, I think, started to get going with Lincoln. So that was obviously a bad one. Um, Formation-wise, they tend to play a 3-4-1-2, which is um, quite an interesting one, which is wing-backs, essentially, of which Luke Garbett is one, which we know very well. Um, he's um, played them fairly regularly this season, actually. He's played 24 times, five goals, three assists, but he's playing in that more advanced role that we over time found out that he's he's better for so he'll definitely be um prominent they've got decent strikers both james norwood's the high profile one but caden jackson both him and caden jackson are on 11 goals jackson got two in the last game and he looks very similar sort of attributes to um ivan tony very quick strong powerful so he's, mm-hmm. he's definitely one to look after they've also got will Keane and freddie sears as well and then Alan Judge, who plays just behind the two strikers, scored twice against Burton as well. So their front three feels like they're they're pretty firing and their defence is, is pretty solid. So on the back of that, predictions, what do we think? Ben, what do you reckon? I think there'll be quite a lot of goals in this one, which you've just touched on, their firepower. But if we continue our form from the Wimbledon game, I think it could be quite an open game. Uh, I'm going to go 2-2 draw. Okay, Connor. You've had um, a bit of time to think about it now. You've preluded. I have. Yeah, <laughs> two on two on Oxford. Oh, lovely, James. Uh, I'm going to say one or I reckon we'll take the lead and we'll be winning for most of the game and we'll we'll concede late. I would be genuinely. I'd be happy with the draw in this game. Um, I know I wouldn't usually say that, but. Um, yeah, I think a draw would be solid going into the remaining fixtures and a win would be absolutely tremendous. Yeah, yeah I mean, I completely agree with that, mate. I think, I think, like I said earlier, taking a point from from a game against Ipswich, who are obviously in and amongst it like we are, um, it would be a good point. Um, I, I think I think we're going to set up to win the game, though. I'll be very surprised if, if you see a sort of heart-hearted performance from us even though we're yeah. away from home, as particularly off the back of uh, a fantastic performance and result against Wimbledon. I know they're different teams. Um, you can only beat who's in front of you, but I, I think we're in for a, hopefully a good show. Yeah. Who, sorry, John, before you give your prediction, do you reckon we'll we'll keep the same lineup as we did the other day? <sighs> well, I mean, I, I was going to say in my it's preview, gone. um, surely Gorin comes back in. I was going to say Gorin's back, yeah. Um, which is which is needed because I think against the better teams, Brannigan's been great, but as a holding midfielder against a better team, I think you want Gorin in there. I think I agree with Connor. I think we'll set up to go for it, and I think it's worth going for it because if we win, that's a massive momentum. But equally, I'm like yeah. I do agree that I wouldn't I wouldn't lose sleep over a, over a draw. But I think I'm going to go three one on this one. Um, oh yes, but I would. I think you probably. You might have to drop um, Holland, um, but that doesn't possibly mean you put Brown onto the wing. But Henry's got to be on the right, and you are, I think you've got to drop one of um, Holland or Brown for this one. 
Yeah, I think I think the yeah. positive argument to that is Holland and Brown are both impact players off the bench. So, you know, regardless of whether they start or not, they're players who, you know, that they, they inject a bit of pace into the game that might be needed needed later on in the game. So I think sometimes actually not having those players start is not always necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Right, we're going to preview Accrington as well, be it that our next pod will probably be the day after that. So, Ben, go nuts. Well, without... They? Oh, exactly. Uh. <laughs> milk, Milk-related jokes from the 80s. <laughs> um, without wanting to lower the mood slightly, we've not got a great history recently against Accrington. We've only won one of our last six games, which was a 3-1 away victory four and a half years ago. Oh, I think you were there for that. I was there for that, yeah. yeah. Say, and who, who remembers standing in the pissing rain when we lost to them away from home? Mm-hmm. Mm. I was with you. That was great. You were with me. That was great, wasn't it? That's, it's funny thinking back to the, the flags that were out for yeah. KR out after say, that, that game on a tu- was, Tuesday horrible night. Yeah, yeah that, that was the KR gate. It was, yes. Sorry, Ben. I was yeah, just on, so of the other five, we've drawn one and lost four, so not a not a great record against them. Um, they're currently fourteenth in the table. Since we we played them at the beginning of October, but a bit of a mixed bag. They've won eight, lost eight, drawn four. They've been a bit up and down. They've only scored forty five, conceded forty six. So there isn't really sort of one side of the, the team stronger than the other. Particularly struggled to score away from home, um, averaging less than a goal a game. So that's potentially something promising. Uh, really good December, similar to us. They were unbeaten in five games. Polar opposite in January, similar to us. They only picked up one point out of a possible 15. Um, however, they have won their last three games um, against Wimbledon, Shrewsbury, and the, the 4-3 against Lincoln, alluded to earlier. Generally play a 4-2-3-1. Um, they've used 27 different players uh, in the league this season, which I thought sounded a lot, but we've used 25. So perhaps it's it's about mm. average. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. No. Um, they did add two loan signings uh, in the last transfer window. Uh, Bobby Grant, a central midfielder on loan from Wrexham, started his career at Stanley. He's played for clubs like Scunthorpe, Rochdale and Fleetwood. But it's a, it's a fair jump up two leagues for a, a loan signing. But he he has played in the last two games they've in the league mm. and uh, he scored in his first game. So He was decent at Fleetwood if memory serves. Or possibly even Scunthorpe uh, Name rings a bell. I think he's quite useful. Yeah, he did obviously play bit, plenty of games for Fleetwood. Obviously a bit older. but uh, And the other was Benny Ashley Seal. I do like that name. Uh, Good name. T- 21-year-old striker from Wolves. Previous loan spell last season was at Fam- Famalchau in Portugal, which is absolutely not how that's pronounced, but that's what I'm <laughs> saying it is. Um, he has played one game for the first team of Wolves, which was actually last month. He's played the first half of the FA Cup tie with Man United, um, but was taken off at half-time. don't know if that's because he was poor performance or just a, a change in tactics. We'll see. But he's also played the last two games. Uh, a couple of other players to look out for. Uh, top scorer with 12 in all competitions is Colby Bishop. Uh, also look out for Jordan Clark and Ofrandi Zanzala. Both scored against us uh, in the return fixture. Um, before predictions... lots, lots, of, lots of good names, aren't there? Yeah. Colby Bishop, Zanzala, I like them. Off Randy Zanzala, I do like that name. Mm. Um, before predictions, just want to touch on on Billy Key 
obviously he retired last month, um, been very open with his struggle with anxiety and depression. Um, and I think it's done a lot for football and, and just sort of you know, men as a whole, that people like that can come out and, and talk about it. Um, he's rightly received great support, not just from the club, but the wider football community. Um, and Accrington have retired the 29 shirt he wore and a bit of a tribute to him. He's still very much seen as a, as a legend there. Um, interesting to see he has returned to, to part-time non-league football. Um, and I think that's just to try and get, get the love of the game back, which is good to see. So I, I really wish him all the best going forward. He was a very good player and, you know, he's had his troubles and hopefully he's, he's getting over them now. Yeah, well said. Can't really add much to that. So predictions-wise, always difficult when we've got a game in between now and then. But given they're not great scoring away from home and given... The result yesterday, I think. I think three 0 I think we'll win three 0 Um, James, your thoughts? Yeah, I I hope we get back to the. I think it makes such a difference when you get ahead, and if you can get up to two, you know two or more goals in the first half and settle everything down, we seem to fr- like thrive off that. And we obviously went through that period of winning three 0 every game at home, and we were we were like we were usually kind of two 0 or even 3-0 up at half-time. So I'm just hoping that it's one of them. Um, expect we'll have more of an attacking lineup, potentially like what we had against Wimbledon, and take the game to them. So I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say 3-0 as well, Ben. Good shout. Thank you. John? Yeah, I can't see more beyond um, a win. I'd probably go 2-0, just to, <laughs> not to break the um, Mix trend. It up, yeah. I'd like to see in this one assuming we get a decent result in Ipswich and everyone locked down in the dumps, that we put the Adjis, the Thorns, the possibly even Mackies into the team and possibly use this one as a bit of a take some of the um, the main players out of the firing line a bit, given how many games we've got. And it's probably going to be a bit more of a physical battle. Connor, your thoughts? Uh, 4-1. Strong. Yeah, strong 4-1 win. I think... Um, uh, to be honest with you, actually, you know what? I might even change it to four 0 because at home we've kept a lot of clean sheets this season, and and we we seems as though it's a little bit of a, a bit of a fortress in terms of keep locking other teams out when we play at home. So perhaps uh, I'll change that to four 0 Why not? Who, who's going to score? Uh, Matty Taylor's going to get two. James Henry's going to get one. And do you know what? I reckon the big boy himself, um, Rob Dickey, will net. And mm, nice. finally, my mate's bet will come in because my mate Lewis has stuck a bet on Rob Dickey to score every single game. Uh, one quid he does every game and he's not yet to score. <laughs> so he's getting a bit pissed off with him. That is <laughs> so not I'm, worth it for a quid. What's so that, hoping. like 30 to 1 or something? Like, I don't Elliot, know what it is. but Elliot Moore's the better shout for a centre-back goal, I think. Yeah. Especially now he's going to have um, a few more running the side with Moose being injured. That's one thing we didn't say in the news as well, actually, wasn't it? That Moose is injured. I think, oh, yeah. I think people noticed. Yeah, yeah. How, how long is he out for again? Four to six weeks. Oh, man. Maybe he's going to adopt the, you know, become and embrace the coaching role and be on the, on the bench with KR shouting. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Are we going to briefly touch over the, uh, the, the Accrington live? Pod yeah. idea. Well, I wonder if it is. We'll have to talk about it off off the pod, but we're thinking about 
watching like recording a pod as we're actually watching a game when we're all obviously in Cambodia following I follow um, <laughs> <laughs> I think what? it's um, what? <laughs> what what VPNs what well, no, no, to, no 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 well we need you need to be in obviously we are, whenever we watch it we have to go abroad which is fine it costs us a fortune oh. everyone by the way it's really expensive I, I hope it's everyone listening bad for air miles as well <laughs> um, anyway yeah i think it'd be quite funny to to record a pod as we're kind of watching the game and then obviously edit it down to to kind of key moments but it's a dangerous thing to do because i worry about if my like fickleness or whatever will come out and i'll have to accept it and broadcast the, it so that's the authenticity of being a football fan because we're all fickle there's no two ways about <laughs> it we all we all are no one yeah. can say they're not even i'll be there going Sack the board. Get them out. Zacky out. <laughs> Zacky out. <laughs> I love Sam Long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, anyway, there's no point in a, another jingle, I guess, to, to wrap up. Um, the five minutes fan forum with Tiger is, is tomorrow, not tomorrow, so Thursday. Um, very much looking, <laughs> I guess, before the Wimbledon game, um, I was looking at it through the questions and I guess we were all very much looking forward to the answer to the, why are you such a twat question? There's someone posted on the radio Oxford Twitter account. I'm not sure if they'll, they'll pitch that one to tiger, but I did think if we didn't get a good result against Wimbledon and I know we put a tweet out on the tip manor account, but it's such a dangerous thing for tiger to be walking into, be it that there's a time constraint there. His grasp of the language isn't great. And the, the Oxford fans that were posting the questions to, Seem seemed pretty angry. Um, there, were, there were other questions around, like, are you going to keep asset stripping like you did at Reading? And then I was like, I was looking at that. I'm glad someone else asked it before I got to. It's like, what assets? What assets? What's he taking? Like a pencil? I <laughs> <laughs> haven't got anything. At least on he's, a training he's ground. Nick, he's nicking yeah, all. Yeah. He's nicking all the all the bow ties. That's the only thing he's nicking from the club. Yeah, um, that's a bit of a vicious rumor, Colin. But... <laughs> Sorry, I'm Connor. Bit of a shit Connor, I noticed that I noticed that you put a question in around. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my question was um, about the season expectations. Um, purely because if if they have changed, um, sorry, if those season expectations have not changed, uh, given our our little our little dip that we've had, because um, I wasn't mm. actually personally, I wasn't actually aware of what our season expectations were. I'm not sure whether they were playoffs or max or, or um you know champions i wasn't actually sure what they were so I, I asked that if we do not reach those season expectations then how will it affect his relationship with carl robinson because clearly there's a there's a side to football that's beyond um you know human uh, relationships um which is the sort of the business model of football and the results driven industry and if we don't match up with that then how will this affect his relationship with kr because personally i i want Carl Robinson to stay, whether or not we get promoted, finish tenth, or or what. Um, I think KR is the right man for for the job in the long term, and I would yeah. be quite upset to see him go. Um, so I just wanted to see if 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 that question gets answered, then then what his thoughts are. Yeah, and Andy asked if there's any chance of a hot dog and a pint, which tickled me a bit. I thought that was good. Um, I I think I mentioned this earlier, didn't I? But I was I was keen. I want the question answered around whether the money from the Fosu and Baptiste sales is there to wipe debt or reinvest elsewhere. But John, you made a good point earlier. Like 
does it really matter at this moment in time? I don't know. Like, probably, is there any answer to that that he can actually give that will please people? I don't. I don't know. It's probably a bit, a bit of both. But I think many people have made good comments about, and KR mentioned it of what's the wider investments that's going into it. Jack made a good comment on our group about the cost of loan players as well is quite significant. Yeah, they're not yeah. they're not sort of cheap deals. So that's um these things that need to get brought in situation so it's probably a bit of a yes no but there isn't I think most people are pretty clear that there's not a pot of money that is five million from Gavin White two from Baptiste 750 from Fosu you know still some bits from Kemar Roof sticking around um that, that money goes um it's just how quickly we can react to an opportunity to sign a player and whether we've got the cash ready to go with it yeah um just to wrap up then We've got five games, so five games remaining um, on this run. I think before we play Wickham, we've got Ipswich, Accrington, Southend, Shrewsbury, and MK Dons. If I had to ask you all on the spot, quick fire question: How what, what do we what do we expect? What will be acceptable for us to still be pushing, or what do we need to still be pushing for the playoffs? Ben, out of those five games, how many wins? Uh, three wins, probably three wins, two draws. Oh, you've gone Dalek-y right at the final hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> he I heard you. Three, you say three wins, two draws? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Exterminate. <laughs> um, John, what do you reckon? I am I think we need probably four or five wins yeah. out of those games. Because um, if you start to look towards March, you get Wickham, you get Portsmouth, you get Coventry, you get Fleetwood. Those are tough games. We can't put the chance to... We should be going away to Shrewsbury and winning. And then there's three home games against teams that are lower down. So, I mean, ideally, I mean, I, I don't know whether we will and I wouldn't lose if we didn't. But I'd like to see six wins from those games, really. Oh. I wouldn't I wouldn't be angry or in a massive meltdown if we didn't. But they're, they are perfectly winnable, all six of them, before we get to some, yeah, maybe you take a point. Yeah. Connor, is Sol Campbell going to turn us over in game three? Oh, I forgot about Sol. Sorry, I'll take it all back. <laughs> no. No, okay. No. Um, personally, I'd like to see uh, at least a point against Ipswich and then uh, four wins, to be honest. I think that's um, where I'm at as well. I think yeah. I think they are completely winnable games on paper. It's very easy to... to to suggest that, but I just think, I, I think if we if, if players stay fit at the moment, you know, we, we in these coming weeks, I know that we'll be seeing um, Woodburn coming back into the fray in terms of training with us at least. So, you know, don't know how long how long away he's actually off playing. If we can maintain a fit starting eleven at least that um, replicates something that um, you know, the side that played against Wimbledon, I, th- I think we've got a good chance of of beating. Accrington, Southend, Shrewsbury and MK Dons. Pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would take, if we lost to Ipswich, but won the other five games, if you include Wimbledon in that, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But it won't feel that way, will it, if we if we lose to Ipswich, knowing that we then have to win the other four or something. So let's hope that's, that's not a thing. I'll be absolutely buzzing if we come off Ipswich with a win and going into those four. Um, right. We, what are we on? Nearly an hour and a half. I think you know it's been there's been lots to chat about. So I think we're we're excused from from the long pod. Um, 
did notice that we said last week the Cambodian yellow chap who I think now is in Kuala Lumpur because he messaged us and you could see where he was. Oh, so he's, he's just he's he's, he's just using the VPN. He's well traveled. Yeah. But he's he was asking <laughs> he was asking um about player stats and that footmob app that gets quite a lot of um hype in different places um does actually give you Oxford United stats to the point of how many minutes on the pitch versus shots versus I think there was a lot of kind of subjective type things, which I found interesting. I forget what they were, but it was like clear cut chances missed type things. Like who determines what's a clear cut chance? I don't know, but I couldn't find what their data source was. But I feel like in the future, when we've got more time, maybe we can do a bit more player analysis. Who knows? All right. Um, thank you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and we'll see you later. Cheers.